You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 243rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. And unfortunately, little guy is out again this week. But Spencer, I'm going to cut to the chase. Today I went gravel grinding. Oh. Um, the old uh, the old Focus Mares cross bike. Got it all uh, dialed up with uh, uh-huh. Phil Minimoto cross uh the brakes cantilever brakes okay and right. then um i rode it out to lake apopka which is kind of where you go gravel grinding here in orlando i saw some gators really big gators today all right that's so, something i don't really have to deal with on, on any of my rides like no but i guess i i haven't gone gravel grinding in about a year since the Dirty Pecan 2018. And every single time I go gravel grinding, uh-huh. I'm like, why don't I do this more? And then uh, I did it today and I was like, this is so much fun. There's hardly any cars. Yeah. There's um, what the Lake Apopka, you, you ride on what's called the Wildlife Drive. So it's really popular with birders. It sounds like the alligators named that road. Yeah. Like, for the oh, most part. I, come here, wildlife. It's fine. Yeah. Like, just come down this road. And the thing is, like, so cars are allowed on it, but it's like a 10 mile an hour speed limit and they're all birders and they really love it when we come riding past them and scaring away all the birds. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I haven't seen this yellow bellied, you know, wobbler ever. <laughs> and then, like, they're taking a photo of it for their, uh-huh. you know their memento book or whatever. And then we come rolling by like cyclists, just throwing goo packs in the middle of the, uh, you know, protected wildlife region. Sure. Yeah. I don't need this bottle. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the gators are probably jacked too, like from all the goo and uh, cliff shots and things that they've been eating. The, the gators are pretty big. It's, uh, you don't really, I mean, a lot of people talk about gators here in Florida. They exist, but when you see them, when you're riding your bike past, it's definitely, uh, you're kind of like, all right, cool. As long as I'm faster than the guy behind me. It's true. Yeah. So anyway, I did that today. And then I came home from my ride. And uh, right away, turned on the uh, the flow bikes, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. And uh, the Trofeo Alfredo Binda was on. Yes. Which is the women's world tour race, like the longest running women's professional race in the, I mean, it was like 30 plus years, maybe. I guess I don't know the full history. I'm sure Abby can tell us about it more. I know she selected it as a monument of women's cycling when we had her on previously. Yep. Um, it's got multiple finishing laps near the end. And I got to tell you, the last lap, the final like 10K was way better than Milan San Remo, which we'll get to in a second. Amazing. It was insane. Okay. It I see. Great. I didn't see it. I, I, 
was following along on Twitter for a while uh, until I think that one lap to go. There was maybe one person off the front by a little bit, something. And then, yeah, then so, I, I had stuff going on, so I couldn't uh, couldn't uh, spe- digitally spectate the uh, the finish. So I don't exactly know what happened. Well, you remember how last week we were talking about the dominant teams in women's cycling? Yeah. And how, like, they're more dominant than everybody else? Yeah. Um, yeah, just forget everything we kind of said, because who was really animating the race were some of the smaller teams. And then there was the whole aspect of, there was like a group, of, I want to I wanna remember, I think it was six that were off the front, and then they were all caught with like 150 yards to go. Oh, wow. But Voss was there the whole time, like in that group of six. Uh, Corinne Rivera, her teammates were like pulling the group back together. And she finished like a second down. Like she couldn't, Oof. she just couldn't get there to launch the sprint. Marianne Voss wins over Amanda Spratt. And then the, I would say the most valuable player, the most, the most aggressive rider, Cecile Utrecht okay. Ludwig of Bigla in third. Okay. She would not stop. Like it was nonstop attacks from her. It was awesome. It was almost like when we do a group ride um, out into kind of like, Lake Minnetonka or every other area of the country, there's like those places where there's just lots of small town sign sprints. Oh yeah. Right. Like, like you're going around a lake or you're like on the border of four counties. So every 200 yards, there's another town line sprint. That's yep. what it was like watching her race. It was so much fun. Um, and I mean, Marianne Voss won a couple style points though. Marianne Voss mm-hmm. world-class celebration. Like her celebration, you got to find the picture. <laughs> okay. She has she has the one hand straight up to 12 o'clock. Yep. Elbow kind of dropped to the right, like a little Francisco Mancebo going up the mountain. And the other hand kind of down at six. Like okay. it, was, it was amazing. The like loft no guilty. Bars, huh. Probably one of the coolest victory post-ups I've seen in a while because it wasn't the two hands. Okay. And I'm like, I can't believe she did that in a sprint in front of like 15 people after this whole entire ride. Right. So you're like, what's going on here? This is kind of strange. But then they show the helicopter video from up top. She wins by a lot. <laughs> like a ton. And you're like, all right, cool. So she had she had time to think about that uh that celebration, plan it Voss, out. Voss Voss's boss. Yeah. And she's she's gonna come back a couple times in the conversation today okay. when we compare her to some of the um the male um racers. But anyways. Okay. So Tim, I have an important question quick about yes. Marianne Voss and that victory in the victory salute. Oh, so good. It's like one of my favorites. Way better um, than the Fletcher. All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's similar. It's It's got some throwback kind of to the Fletcher, but she does it better. Um, how'd you feel about the CCC kit? I, I can tell you. Well, I was going to get to style points here. So good question. The kit looked okay. Does it, I'll give you does the, it grow on you? It, it is. So, um, Mr. Mitch Docker, fan of the podcast, friend of the podcast, he was right. It is growing on me. I understand that. Yeah. Let me tell you where my problems are. Let's the hear. helmet. The helmet that Marianne Voss is wearing. And then also, oh, by the way, most like most valuable teammate, Ashley Mulman, who brought mm-hmm. every attack back for Marianne Voss. Like like that is how stacked this team is. The the teamwork was fantastic. It was so awesome. Anyways, Mullen. Yeah. 
Great. South, I, South African champion. But the helmet is ugly. <laughs> I can't believe, uh, you know, somebody on this podcast wouldn't uh, wouldn't have put CCC up in their top three of dominant teams. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. I know. I know. Right. Um, like, yeah, that's why I don't listen to really anything we say other than if we well, tell you to watch a race, watch the race. Go to the last like 15K if you want. Um, last 20K is probably the best. It's awesome. But the helmet that they're wearing, <laughs> they've got this arrow yeah. giant. I think it's a giant lid. Yeah, probably. It remind, do you remember when Pac first came on the scene and they had that arrow helmet that looked like a giant mushroom? Oh, yeah. Kind of looked like a um, Darth, Darth helmet or whatever in Spaceballs. It, it, looked, it looked actually like the mushrooms from Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. And this one from like the helicopter footage is just too big. Yeah. It's well, just too big. Like I, I don't think I could wear that ever because I would feel like I would need to ride really fast to make whatever arrow properties work. Hmm. Okay. Other cool things to say. Canyon Tram. Yeah. Actually had a good race today. Great race. They were good. Fifth and sixth. Yeah, I'm looking at the results. They're stacking it up here in the uh, in the top ten. And then BT City, like the Russian woman. I don't even know much about this team. And I was like, wow, the kits, pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about the kits before, but anyways, another one. Uh, Amelia Fallen, FDJ, oh, yeah. back back in the front end of the peloton. She's been. Uh, She's a multi-time Swiss national champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the kid is amazing. Uh, yeah. The kid is very good. Um, but yeah, she's been struggling. Uh, you know, she had some injuries and, and stuff like that, uh, recently. So, you know, it's good to see her back at, towards the sharp end of the Peloton. Um, Lisa Klein. Yeah. Didn't enter. Lada didn't enter. So hmm. it's not like I cursed the, uh, the Trek Finnish national champion kit. So anyway. Which, by the way, you're going to get my size medium. I'm sending up to you, so I'll, I'll bust out the large. Just got well, thank it. So, you. <laughs> anyways, the women's race was great. And the uh-huh. reason I'm leading into that, yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to Milan's and Ramo talk and expert opinions and all that. But I, I, I became a little bit even more of an adult. So, remember last year I became an adult when I paid the $50 to get Tim, Tim, NBC Sports Gold? This is a family show, Tim. I know. But it was a big deal last year when I got the yes. the NBC Sports Gold because I used to just go on pirate internet mm-hmm. on like an old laptop because I didn't want to like download viruses to my work computer. Yep. Um, deep into the dark webs. Deep into the dark webs. And yep. I, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to do it for the tour. And then I you know, got the NBC Sports Gold and you get mm-hmm. like a fair amount of coverage. And then I had Red Bull TV and I was like, all right, you know, life is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you start getting spoiled. Exactly. I can justify the, you know, what is it? Like $4 a month for NBC Sports Gold. Yep. Right? Like, I watch enough. I don't watch Paris Nice. I don't watch Angin Tour of California. But I watch the tour. I watch the Volta. And then some of the monuments that are in there. And they have the uh, the Cyclocross so, World Cups. And they do. Yeah. And then the last year, the Giro came around. And the Giro is on FUBU or FOBO, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the early 90s fashion company, but there's like a, a, a sports channel. Or you could just buy it through Flow Bikes. And we remember Flow Bikes back in the day because 
That's where Colt had the cyclocross power rankings back when cyclocross was, you know, in its infancy in America, really just starting to blow up. Okay. So Flow Bikes is part of Flow Sports out of Austin, Texas, and they have this uh, streaming network. Now it was thirty dollars a month membership. Woof. Unless you did the unless you did the annual, it was a lot. But I paid thirty dollars for the month of May because then I could watch the Giro. Okay. Right. Like, and you're like, okay, that's two dollars a stage. I did it last year and it was fine. Okay. Okay. Milan San Remo comes around. I really yeah. didn't want to buy it. Like, go get a pirate feed. Okay. So I splurged for the hundred and fifty dollars of flow bikes. So it's one hundred and fifty dollars okay. if you buy the whole year at once, which comes out to like twelve bucks a month. Okay. So I know I'm not here. Like they don't pay me to say any of this. Like there's no, there's like no reason for me to do this other than I looked at the calendar of races that they got because it had been recommended to me by Abby Mickey, um, Chad uh, Brown from Trek. Also was like, yeah, you should probably look into getting it. And I did. Holy crap. There's a lot of racing. They had, as an example, the Trofeo Alfred Binda today. Okay. Okay. In it's full Italian. It was full Italian. It was like I was on the pirate stream, <laughs> but it like I wasn't downloading viruses and it was in full Italian and it made the racing that much more excited because when the announcer got excited, I was like, ooh, something exciting is happening. Yeah. And all right. All right. we're going to talk a little bit about the um, some of the racing that happened over the weekend. Like they had this little known race. I didn't even know this race existed. This would be like right up Little Guy's Alley. The Grand GP de Dane. Oh, it's probably some race in Belgium. That's okay. on there. Matthew Vanderpool won. Like, so you can go watch that, was, that race. That was on there to stream. Yeah. Like, okay. They have everything. Like okay. I could not believe they have Trobro Leon on here. Well, that's good. That's one then they, to not miss. They have, um, you know, like Gen Velgum is going to be on here. They'll have GP Miguel Indurain, which is awesome. Bass Country rate. But anyways, right. there's a lot of stuff on all here. Right, all right. So, so you're saying the adult thing to do is to pony up 150 bucks. It's a lot of money for an annual pass to flow bikes. That's that's your move well, this year. It's my move, and okay. here's why. They also like ho- like they have the USA Crits coverage of like Athens Twilight, which I I think some of them you can actually get for free. Like I don't I don't know how it works, but maybe I had a hundred and fifty dollars. Like if you if you think about it from a twelve dollar, <laughs> if you think uh-huh. of it from a twelve dollar a month's perspective, I'm like okay, that's two less beers out. Sure, I doesn't, know it doesn't really maybe, work maybe, uh, for my math, my budget. No. May- yeah, I'm not really spending that on beers it's anyway. So, yeah, well, that's true. But it, it's just like they have the the BMX World Championships. I don't know. There's 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 so much on there, and I I will just say this: the amount of women's racing that they have on there for me mm-hmm. is way cooler. Like you're getting the official stream or the official coverage just through them. I, yeah. Anyway, I would consider it. Well, that's pretty good. Again, they're not paying me for any of this. I don't really. I didn't want to buy it at all because like, $150 is <laughs> a lot of money. Uh-huh. But when I looked at the calendar and the support that they're given across the board, I was like, you know what? I'm definitely going to be getting $12 a month. And I used to pay that. 
I used to pay $80 every four months for a big wrestling pay-per-view. Like, think about that for a second. I paid $80 for, like, WrestleMania, like, three years ago. Like, it's... So... Like, so years ago, we would have paid... We would have collectively all chipped in $10 a piece and probably had eight of us crowd into, a like, a basement to watch Paris-Roubaix if we could get it on pay-per-view years ago. Now we can literally get it on pay-per-view for $12 a month. Yeah. For the entire year, like 150 for the entire year. It's don't get me wrong, it's a lot of money. But it's a lot of bike racing. You can yeah. watch it all. All right. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I I had to scour the dark webs for my Milan Sanremo feed. Uh I found a French one which was pretty good. It only froze up a couple of times. But and, were you uh, nervous that like too many people were going to find out about it and like slow it down? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, but uh Exactly. But you know, it was it was fun. Uh, like you said, uh, r- with the Italian uh, feed that you had, I had the um, the French feed going, and Ala Philippe uh, winning Milan San Remo made for some exciting uh, commentary that I did not understand a word of. But I got the passion behind it, you know. Yeah, but uh, I, I probably have a virus too. So yeah, there's just a lot of yeah. You probably do have some kind of virus. Three days of the pain. You can watch it on there. Anyways, like that, that race that little guy always talks about, Sheldon Priest, the Flanders classic, like the baby tour to Flanders, uh-huh. it's on there. Anyways, All right. I guess just consider it. The worst part is I already checked. I can't give you my login because they all, <laughs> like, I was like, all right, maybe I'll like help out little guy and Spencer. Like, you know, yeah, you guys can like, cause we, we, we've, it's not like we haven't shared many things like this before. No, I was like, all right, maybe you guys can do it. Anyways. I'm done there. Um, let's get into some Milan Sanremo talk. Okay. All it's right. about time. It's about time. I know we buried the lead. I, I, Julian I, Alf- Yeah, I mentioned Alaphilippe. it quickly there. Julian uh, Alaphilippe taking the win. Um, what you Over think? Olive Van Nason and Michael Kiewikowski on yeah. the podium. Second and third doesn't matter. No. But I think sixth place matters this time. Sixth place... I think matters. And okay, let's talk results first, then we'll talk about how the race happened. Yeah. Okay. Sixth place matters because you've got Wout Van Aert yeah. in sixth place, who I don't think was... I mean, I know he's on people's radar to some extent, but I don't think he was legitimately on anybody's radar for this race. Oh, like even the announcers that we got, they were like, Wout Van Aert. What is like this is unbelievable. Like they're like, what is he doing here? And you're like, yeah. And every single one of us, like cyclocross friends, like we told you, and you know, we're sinking in our back pocket. Yep. We're like, man, they haven't even seen Matthew Vanderpool yet. Oh yeah, no, like, like right, like we're like, like Vanderpool, like Wild Red Art got sixth. He lost by like on average thirty seconds <laughs> a race to Vanderpool. So yeah. like extrapolate that one out. Yeah. No, I. Uh, what's interesting here, I think, sixth place Wad Van Aert, seventh place Alejandro Valverde. I was just going to talk about that. How awesome was it to see once again the World Championship stripes? People were worried. They said, mm-hmm. "Oh, the World Championship stripes are off of Peter Sagan. We're not going to see him." Like, and here he was. He was here up he there. Was. He, he was. Good. He was. He was riding a really smart race, um, as he, as he does. Um, and uh, was up, you know, was up there towards the end. I thought, right. I thought that they're, you know, probably not a realistic shot of winning, but you know, what he they showed what they, well. Yeah, he did show well. So um, I got one for you. Okay. You ready? 
how nervous were you when you saw in the distance Michael Matthews coming off the podium <laughs> going, oh my God, he may actually be able to catch the group. And he had like a teammate there to work for him named Tom Dumoulin. Yeah, that's, uh, that's like, some stressful moments. Can not I tell gonna, you something? I'm not going to lie. If he would have made that, if he... At what point do we go into the Matthew camp? The Matthew, the Michael Matthews camp? The Bling Matthews as our hero camp? Tim. It's kind of starting for me. Tim. Like, he didn't give up, man. Tim. Yeah. Level with me. Yeah. You're messing with me, right? I don't know, man. I'm like starting... <laughs> it. If he no. would have won... I think okay. it's it's just because you're looking at the results sheet, then the results sheet says Michael Matthews. If the results sheet said Bling Matthews, I think you would have a different tone. Oh, for sure. But here's the thing. <laughs> he almost made the gap. Like, oh, yeah. Caleb Ewing wasn't there. No. Uh, Groenwegen was not there. A lot of the, a lot of the sprinters he thought might be there, not, uh, so not like, making the cut. So I was a little nervous because I... I when he wins a big race and if he wins it in such a fashion that he wins it by not giving up and he's like the last and he's like, he basically is the opposite of everything we don't like about him. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like it's like, like his coming of age story. And all of a sudden you're, you're like, wow, you're gonna, he's, you, you like, think we're going to have to you, eat a lot of crow. You think this podcast is going to be forced to re retake our stance on Michael Matthews. If Michael Matthews wins a big race in the fashion that he almost won sure. Milan San Remo on Saturday, absolutely. Like, he didn't give up. Like, he worked his butt off to get across. Like, it was actually kind of cool to watch, mm -hmm. but also a little nervous because I was like, oh man, people are like never going to let us hear the end of this one. Yeah, well. Too bad he didn't make it. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, big bummer. Uh, all the all the uh, Matthews fans are just gonna have to wait for the next one, I guess. So, how bad did Peter Sagan mess up the sprint? You know, I've heard a lot of varying <laughs> opinions on this. Um, some people saying that uh, you know he had a clear lane he could have used, and uh, you know, taken the victory. Some people, you know, Peter himself saying that he was boxed in, and. Uh, there was nowhere to go, so I don't know. He was right there. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I think that Morich of Bahrain Merida uh -huh. probably deserves a lot more credit in my book. Like he, like he was oh. the one that kind of launched it open yeah. to get it going. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't expect that from him. And I mean, I'm okay with Alaphilippe winning, right? Like, yeah, he's a he's a fun racer to watch. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And he knew he was going to descend like crazy. Yeah. It would have been cooler to see Oliver Nason win. Not going to lie. Hmm. But I don't know if I, know. I don't know if I'm in the camp with you on that one. Really? I mean, it's just not that exciting. Another Belgian winning another monument. I mean, it's kind of cool. He's on AG2R, I guess, but all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with this result. Uh, Ala Philippe, a deserving winner. Kiyokoski did not win, which I, I like. I don't know why. I like Kiyokoski as a rider, but I just I just don't want him to win this race. Uh, I'm totally okay with Peter Sagan not winning. 
just because, um, yeah, looking through this top, uh, you know, 16 riders here, I don't know who, aside from Wout Van Aert, which would have been a miracle, I would have rather seen win than Julian Alaphilippe. Valverde. Yeah, I don't For think sure. so. I think he's got stripes. He doesn't need to win. Um, last place, last finisher, mm-hmm. the cobbler, Adam Hansen, comes oh. in 21 minutes down. Um, Gaviria takes the coveted 16th place. Yep. Overall, the race, it's one of my favorite races of the year. I've talked about it many times before. It's a long jaunt. You know, you wake up in the morning, I check Twitter, and it's like, oh, the race just started. Yeah. 238 kilometers to go. And I'm like, all right, I'm going back to bed for, I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm like, I don't really need to watch for another 200 kilometers. Yep. <laughs> Until they get to the Chapressa. Yep. And then it is so exciting. And what's exciting is when they have the motorcycles and they got the cameras on the back, and you just see the big name sprinters going off. And the first one I saw was Grossenwagen. Yep. And you're like, yep. oh, there he goes. And then the he next one. He was in the struggle was, bus know, early. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and one by one, they just get picked off, you know, like, and you're yep. just like, man, that's pretty awesome to see. Um, Another um, highlight on the Chipresa the last few years has been this Dutch corner, Tim. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about with the uh, with the orange flares and the smoke yeah. bombs and everything else. Yeah, uh, kind of crazy this year. Well, it I looks think they started a fire. It looks incredible from the helicopter. Yeah. It looks amazing. You see the motorcycle go through, and you get the camera shot, and there's smoke everywhere, and it looks uh, like Mad Maxish. It looks like you know post apocalyptic. Um, yeah, super cool. And then you see the riders like waving their hands like trying to like see you know like and then you're realizing oh about 200 guys are going to come through here at full speed with a bunch of cars and motorcycles around them maybe this is maybe this is not the best idea on like a steep corner like like it's like those those hills you go off the side of the road yeah 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 (laughs) and then you know but you're kind of like well you know fans i get it they want to be passionate I'd, i'd i'd probably be there and then they light the side of the road on fire on accident, I'm sure. That was pretty with their, amazing. With their flare. <laughs> a couple of trees going up in flames. That's <laughs> not a great look uh, for for the cycling for, fandom. For Dutch Corner. Yeah. So a couple of things I noticed this year. You know, one of our favorite roller derby propositions for um, oh Milan-San Remo is who's going to be first over the Poggio. Yes, because it's usually, you know, there's an attack that happens on the Poggio. Someone's going to go from the... And this year, like, it was very anticlimactic because they the went way up the coverage s- they was... They went up it so fast. They were going up it so fast and there wasn't like... Like, yeah, Alaphilippe went and then the guy from uh, Education First was off the front. I don't know. Who was that? Was that... Simon, that it was Simon Clark. Was it Simon Clark? Okay. Yeah. He ended up getting like 10th, didn't he? Or 9th. Uh, yeah. yeah. So... They're going off the front. They're kind of going back and forth. And then Sagan gets to the top and leads across the KOM line. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I picked him to do that. But as I guess this is the first time I've seen the Poggio with as many people like having parties along the course. Because there's all those driveways that abut yep. the road, right? Yep. Like the garages and everything. 
There was a lot of people hanging out on top of garages, watching the race, what, hanging out in the garage, having a garage party. Yeah. It's like maybe they listen to the podcast. And one of these years, I have to get into one of those garages for the party <laughs> for when the pose you. Because uh-huh. like, I want to see them come by and then I want to turn around and see the crazy descent knowing that I can ride my bike down that about a quarter of the speed that these guys are. I yeah. mean, the descent was crazy. That guy from uh, um, Direct Energy. Oh, yeah. He was going down like 80 kilometers an hour overtaking that motorcycle. Like that motorcycle couldn't get out of the way. Could not get out of the way. It was like, get out of the way. And he, he's like, I'm scared. <laughs> he was he was basically dragging his knee on the ground around those corners, like MotoGP style. It was completely buck wild. Yeah. Insane. Anyway, that was uh, definitely one of the highlights. Too. It is. It is the most exciting 30 kilometers, maybe of any any event out there. Um, sure. Except it got totally showed up today by Alfreda Binda. Well, that, that's, that's as a, as a whole, you take that as a I whole, know. it's a more exciting race. Like Milan San Remo as a whole over 291 kilometers, well, pretty, so, pretty boring race. Like, so that was what I was going to say. Proportionally. Milan San Remo is kind of like the college basketball of, um, okay. the world tour. All right. Like, just give both teams a hundred points and put two minutes on the clock and randomly distribute fouls. And <laughs> it's still really exciting, but you don't need to watch the first like yeah, 38 minutes of play or 22 minutes of play or whatever. Whereas, um, you know, this race, like you don't really need to watch it until those final 30 K. No, you, anyway. you only need to see the lead out trains going into the Chipresa. That's, that's where you need to start 35 K or so out. And, that's all you need for this race, but it's it's incredible. It's like the Poggio, the climb is so fun. The descent is absolutely mind-blowing, and it works out a little bit, like basically the same, but a little bit different every year. Like sometimes it's one guy off the front, sometimes it's three guys, then there's a little group of four or a little group of ten, and like, are they going to catch? Are they not? And then there's a the group behind. It's It's a game of seconds, you know, like... Yeah. Usually if somebody had a three second gap with with three K to go in a normal race against like Wevelgum, you'd be like, Oh, they're gonna get caught. But in Milan San Remo, that formula goes straight out the window. It is. So let's go let's do a quick little ledger review for you and I on roller derby. There's four props on Milan San Remo. Okay. Get in the preem lap. First up, who will be first over the Poggio at eight to one was Bora Hansgrow. Um I selected that. So I came out uh, about 140 ahead. So I had Bora Hangro. Did you uh, select the right team for the Poggio? <clears throat> um, I did not. All right. Did not. Um, I had. Okay. I went heavy on other because I yeah. thought I thought some rando would take a take a flyer, and that was you know not so really the right move. Little guy was expecting like was telling me that he wanted to go full AG2R because he felt that AG2R was going to be the one with uh, Bardet. Okay. Like, All right. Then the other um, classic one, uh, non-finish proposition was: Will Milan San Remo end in a bunch sprint? So mm-hmm. this is the ruling: is that fifteenth place must finish within three seconds of the winner. Yep. Now in the past, this has been a pretty um, tight. Uh, most of the time, the yes comes in here because mm-hmm. most of the time, the fifteenth place is within three seconds. Like it's mm-hmm. usually a pretty big group that comes down. Um, 
no was the winning sprint. Now, what's interesting was there was even money placed on both sides here. So I lost quite a bit of money. On this <laughs> That's unfortunate. Well, not a ton of money, but anyway. Yeah. So did you uh, come out okay on that one? I did. I bet 50 on no and uh, no? was victorious. All right. All right. And then up next, we have who will show at Milan San Remo. Mm. So this was kind of like the, uh, you know, so Philippe, obviously, Michael Kiewikowski, and then a better's era, error. Oliver Nason's not even mentioned as one of the listing uh, finishers in the podium. Now, Spencer, I see that you did put a lot of money on Alaphilippe uh, did. to take it, and he yeah. was paying out at two to one. Um, I had Caleb Ewing and Dylan Grossenwagen, so I once again lost my shirt. Um, I, uh, Although I did hit on Alaphilippe, I had bet 60 points on him, uh, which I believe was my biggest bet. I did spread the love around quite a bit. Um, so I think I did not come out ahead overall on this one. Um, so putting money on Sagan, Viviani, Van Evermatt, Grunwagen, Trenton, Gilbert, and Tegan Kolb. So um, the handicappers actually did pretty good. Luke did a pretty good job of selecting those that, so he even has Morich on here mm-hmm. at 19 to one. The only two that I don't see were, um, Nason's and he didn't have uh Vout Van Art, but I don't think anybody had Wout. No. Like, to do well in this race. Um, and then finally, the big one, who will win Milan San Remo? The winner, the wisdom of the crowd, was Julian Alaphilippe. He was the favorite coming out at 6-1 to one odds, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, good for Alaphilippe. Um, I kind of spread it all around, but um, I just want to give a shout-out to the biggest loser, Matthew Avery. He put 450 points on Dylan Grossenwagen. And 375 on Viviani. And he's the one that came all in for uh, Lotto Jumbo winning uh, the overall. But anyways, good stuff. Wisdom of the crowds. Julian Alaphilippe, the favorite, did win. So it shows that, uh, for the most part, people are smart. In general, yeah, they're listening anyways. to the podcast. Yeah. So um, One uh, one quick note. Uh, you mentioned Wav Van Aert again. I just want to bring that up. Um, I saw it floating on Twitter somewhere. Uh, somebody had quoted a bit of interview from him from the from before Milan San Remo, and they were saying that his climb up the Poggio would be the first time that he's seen the climb, like on in person on a bike. Like he's seen the videos, obviously of of the race, but like had never ridden the Poggio before. And I was just like, oh well, he's gonna crash on the descent for sure. <laughs> and then he was up there at the front, and it was amazing. I wonder how long it's going to take for um, Zwift to just start going after the the course recons of like famous courses, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the final 40K of Milan San Remo and make it almost like the simulators. Because there's all these guys, like a lot of the race car drivers, like in Formula One and, and other like top level like drivers, they're, mm-hmm. they learn to drive on the simulators, yep. right? Like they drive the simulators and then it's just like super realistic to going out to real life. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that at some point that's going to be how Wout is going to experience the Poggio for the first time, right in the future, like two years from now, it's just going to be some VR style racing on on a trainer. Possibly, I want to. I want the uh, uh, the Wahoo kicker adapter that adds the um, Paris-Roubaix cobblestones underneath uh, my bike when I'm doing the trainer. So that's that's yeah. that's my next innovation I'm waiting for. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get into the pre-mutt. 
name is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right. So, once again, we're going to rapid fire through some of our great sponsors of the Slow Ride Podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more about our family of shows and how you can become a supporter, access some of that great bonus content. And as we mentioned, if you are a member, you get a 500-point bonus to your Roller Derby account. So uh, you can bet against us as we talk more about it throughout the season. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest ways to enjoy cycling is Roller Derby, spelled R-O-U-L-E-U-R, derby.com. Indeed. And we, Oh, go ahead, Spencer. Well, I was going to say, we also need to talk about uh, longtime uh, Wide Angle Podium sponsor, Health IQ. That's right. So you can go to healthiq.com slash W-A-P to find out how to save money on your life insurance. You take a quick quiz. You see if you're... Uh, active individual, right? If you're, if you're able to meet their needs, you can actually save a bunch of money on your life insurance because they work to get you the best rates because again, you're a healthy individual. So therefore you're a little bit less likely to need it. Um, but anything can happen. So you need to be able to take care of your loved ones. And that's what life insurance is all about. Take it from me. I'm an expert on this. Yep. No. And they've used, uh, you know, science, things like science and data to, you know, prove these things and to yeah. get lower rates um, based on people who are living healthy lifestyles, who are conscious, health conscious uh, folks like cyclists. So if you're riding your bike, if you're recording that on Strava or something, um, that will pay back in dividends uh, for you. Anyway, um, Health IQ, like we said, life insurance company, they celebrate the health conscious. Uh, visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get a free quote and check out their life insurance FAQ page to get any questions that you have answered or sign up to take the quiz and see if you score elite as well. And once again, you know this, everyone knows it. Grimper Brothers continues to be a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Two great coffee flavors, the Full Schleck and Hello Cyclocross Friends. It's an espresso blend, so you have both a Light roast and espresso blend. Two great varieties from Grimper Brothers. The way to access that is to go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, and it will take you right there um, Mm -hmm. so you can support us. They'll deliver it fresh to you. So thanks to Grimper Brothers for their continued support of the Wide Angle Podium Network and cycling as a whole. Yep. And of course, uh, as Tim mentioned, check out wideanglepodium.com while you're there. Check out our other family of shows. We are really trying hard to bring you guys the best Cycling uh, infotainment out there. Um, And we think it's, uh, you know, quality stuff that you're going to enjoy. If you like this show, there's definitely something else on the Wide Angle Podium you're going to like as well. Uh, Maybe it's the Gravel Lot. Maybe it's Bike Shop CX. Maybe it's the Consummate Athlete. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. So go check it out. And with that, Spencer, let's get back to the show. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. So we've got a couple of great emails that have come across. I know there's a couple that you want to talk about in particular. And the first one 
is going to be the one from Scott Lundy. Do you want to take this away? Well, I'd have to have it in front of me. Okay, so I can read you the email because you're going to know <laughs> right away what it is. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, I'm sure you all, like me, have goals in life. Mm. And I hope one day everyone has the pleasure of achieving one of those goals, some kind of milestone that you may have set for yourself years ago. In this instance, it was a goal of mine forged long ago in the heat of July, watching tiny men from Luxembourg <laughs> devastating the Peloton <laughs> on the Tour de France. I mean, uh -huh. clearly they weren't winning, but it seems like they were trying hard anyway. And this past weekend, a dream came true. To put it simply, I went full Schleck with Frank Schleck. Most importantly, though, if I've now harassed both the Schleck and George Hincapie, who's left on the Slow Ride Pod selfie punch card? All the best, Scott <laughs> from California. And he includes a sweet selfie photo, full yep. Schleck with... The one and only Frank Schleck, who, by the way, fully zipped up, which leads me to believe it was a little cold. So Scott went all out here <laughs> to go full Schleck to go buy him. Yeah. I need to know more, Scott. Did you say, hey, full Schleck? And then he like, like what happened? Yeah. Now, he, I know Scott he is probably acted quizzical, but, uh, you know, he knows what full Schleck is. Oh, yeah. I hope so. I mean, it's like he, it's the, the style of a generation he's birthed here. I mean, uh -huh. Uh, everyone that goes full unzip, you're going schleck, and it's great. The um, <laughs> Now, I know Scott's bothered Hincapie before. Lots of people have bothered Hincapie. I think more and more people need to, every time you <laughs> and, see George Hincapie, be like, hey, Hincapie, when are you going on the podcast? An unreasonable amount of people have bothered George yeah, yeah. Hincapie. <laughs> like, don't even mention to him the name of the podcast anymore. Just say, like, he'll know what podcast oh, we're yeah. talking about. Like, he knows. <laughs> um, but anyways... Thank you so much for sharing. If you want to see this great yes. photo, we do have it over at the Slow Ride Pod um, Instagram account. So uh, it's great to see Scott coming through, going full schleck. And uh, that's a pretty darn good um, uh, life goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got another Very email good. here from uh, Tyler Golly. Hey, guys. Love the show. Been a huge fan of biking and bike racing. I also plan and design bike routes for a living with the firm Tool Design Group. You mentioned a bike rack with a post and a round thing. Those are called post and ring racks. Uh, really, really put you in your place there with the, yeah. With yeah. the description. Wow. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for really letting us know what it's called. Hey, you know, that one with the post and the ring. I don't know what it's called. It's called the post and ring, guys. This season of the show has been amazing. Keep it going. Huge fan of Mike Woods and Sven Tuft. Get those dudes on the show. Tyler, I cannot agree more. I love it. I think... I think having Sven Tuft, I mean, that's a that's a darn good idea. And he's probably one of our, maybe on our like Mount Rushmore of like cycling nerddom fan, like, like we nerd out about Sven Tuft probably more than many other cyclists. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would argue, I would, I would probably, I don't, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but Sven Tuft. <laughs> Sven Tuff should definitely get consideration from the veterans committee. Like he just strikes me as like the, the, you know, the cyclist cyclist, you know what I mean? Like, like the one that everyone's just kind of a fan of. Oh yeah. So, you know, every now and then, you know, some, some guys that don't have the full results get into the, uh, the baseball hall of fame. So maybe it would be uh Sven 
tough uh, time. He did get a silver medal in the Olympics, which is pretty amazing. That could be that could be a, a strong argument. Um, I mean, <clears> so it's not like in. his any who has been around forever, and his story of how he became a cyclist is already like legendary. Oh yeah. So, and that's I mean, you know. Anyway, I'm just saying that uh, I think that this could be a a pretty good opportunity. Maybe, um, we'll, maybe we'll get in to, contact get with the, with his people. Yeah, he's still racing for uh, UHC or rally at UHC. So, hmm. and then finally, friend of the pod Douglas Sniper comes in. Yeah, and says, "Hey guys, now that roller derby is up and running, and we are all wondering wh- when the Schwamigan p- proposition is going up. <laughs> I know the other five monuments come before Schwamigan, yeah. but you must realize that you're dealing with a bunch of overzealous high rollers who will most likely squander all their points before September. It would be nice if you could save ourselves from our own lack of judgment by putting up the proposition early so we can lock in what few points we have left. Also, what happens if one of your bet for or against yourself? What Hall of Fame are you banned from, cycling, podcast, or baseball? I kind of mm. like this. Can we bet on ourselves? Um this could be a pretty good proposition, maybe in a league or something. I don't know. I don't think Schwamigan's going to happen this year. Um, just because you and little guy probably are going to refuse to take the start line against me after well, yeah. the whooping <clears throat> that I put on. After the, you know, uh, gratuitous bending of rules uh, that happened from both of you guys uh, at the at last year's Schwamigan, you know, I don't know if I have anything left to prove after my victory. <laughs> Anyways. Good stuff all the way through. Remember, you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com if you have questions. We also are on Twitter at the slow ride pod. And it was on Twitter this week. And I guess everywhere else I went on the internet uh-huh. that was taken over by the launch of the Trek or the Bontrager wave cell helmet. Right. Now, Spencer, I know you live in a bubble. I do. Did you happen to see any of the advertisements of the Wavecell helmet? I didn't see any of the advertisements. Okay. I, I saw a whole lot of, you know, not exactly sponsored, but sponsored social media, Instagram kind of posts like, oh, here's me in my new helmet. Yeah. You know? And then all over every cycling publication online. It was, I guess it was like, I couldn't go to a website that didn't have a wave cell like ad on it. Like I went to cycling tips, like, Oh, all over. And then, um, cycling news. It, it was just, it was all over. Right. And the helmet, I guess that it was the teaser that got me before, like where they had the video of this mysterious floating fiber in space. And then you're like, Ooh, is that a 3d printed bike? Um, what is it? And every, a lot of people were talking about it. And yeah. then it turns out it was a helmet. And the helmet, the technology is very similar to, it, it feels a lot like Coroid, which most people would know from the Smith helmets here in the US. Sure. And then over in Europe, Smith and Endura have it. So it's like the, it's like that kind of corrugated um, plastic um, yeah. that's kind of welded honeycomb, together. Honeycomb style. Honeycomb, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it, um, it's got superior... Um, concussion uh, and crash ratings is the choroid. Wave cell testing says that it's even better than that. And what I want to get to more, Wave cell is claiming that it's a lot better than MIPS. And MIPS was the the cat's shebang, right? Like that was right. the everyone has been talking about MIPS for how long? You used to be in the helmet game. Like you used to I work did. in the helmet 
yeah, company. I did. I did. How long has MIPS been the thing? Uh, MIPS took us out to dinner to sushi in uh, Las Vegas, a Interbike 2013. Um, took the whole company to a thirteen hundred dollar uh, sushi dinner to try and get a, a MIPS in into our helmet line, and it worked. Um, so 2013 was when I first was introduced to MIPS. And and I feel like MIPS is everywhere. Like it's synonymous. Like if you're going to have a helmet, you get a MIPS. Now the way MIPS, we've talked about it before. It's kind of like a cradle inside the helmet. It's like a liner that slips so that the helmet can kind of float on your head. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a shell within shell. Yeah. Okay. And now wave cell, I don't know the full technology above it or around it. Um, but it, basically acts that it can take the impact from all different angles more or less. Yeah. Okay. And so anyways, I tried the helmet. They, they like, they, I guess that the, they tell you like in, in all the press release, like, like the technology does have a little bit like of a weight penalty of 50 grams. And so like, well, you know, I put it on. So does neck. Yeah, suddenly my neck was sore. I'm just, you know, like it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't very noticeable. But yeah, it's just okay. like MIPS. Um the helmet, I mean, they they look good. Like there's no like I think they they're fine. They the um they, like from the look, they didn't they weren't like the full aero helmet. Um it's a I guess so, the, the reason I'm bringing it up is I was on a ride today. Uh-huh. I saw four people in wave cell helmets on the ride out of 12. Wow. And most of those I would, I think three of them full price purchases, like they were consumers that bought that helmet that saw like the, the yeah. technology behind it. And the launch was, the launch seemed to go pretty well from a standpoint of, oh, wow, like this is a safer helmet for you. And yeah. people were buying it and they actually looked pretty decent. So All right. it was interesting. So I've got a tester um, courtesy of Trek. So I will uh, continue to do that, and I'll talk about it on a review show podcast coming up. But um, it was uh, overall right now it was a pretty nice helmet to have. All right, a little boa dial on the back. Yeah, I have uh, I have not seen one in person or held it uh, in my hand, so I don't have a lot of feedback for you right now. Um, other than it looks interesting, it looks intriguing. So this gets to the other part, though. Mips came out firing. On Uh-oh. all cylinders afterwards, like they they bought a helmet to do their own testing, uh-huh. and it's just kind of interesting to see how you know brands go at it, like right because the other one is the Cliff Bar versus Kind Bar. So Cliff Bar has like some ad campaign that's going on right now where it's like, oh, we challenge Kind to use organic ingredients. Yep, it's similar to like how what is it Bud Light is challenging the other beer companies to to list what they're ingredients are because of corn syrup it's like this whole new kind of marketing thing where now mips is calling out yeah the wave cell like it it's weird that the marketing now is like mentioning your your competitors by name yeah well if we have we really reached that uh that plateau in in the cycling industry if we come far enough that we can do the you know, Chevy trucks versus Ford trucks, uh, things, you know, with who has the bigger payload and the, and the higher, <laughs> higher uh, ground clearance and whatever, you know, those commercials were always all about. Yeah. 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 This is pretty good. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. Like we, we've now made it, we've yeah. now reached, uh, that level. But, um, anyway, it was just, uh, it was one of those things that I was shocked. Uh, we have, uh, 
uh, you know, we're going to be up there in um, Trek land for the, uh, uh, the Waterloo UCI uh-huh. cross race. Yeah. Yeah. That's I have a- the feeling there's going to be a lot of wave cell helmets up there. Probably. And yeah. it's just, I was completely blown away by how everywhere I looked, there was this helmet and this technology and how no one knew what it was that was going to be announced. Like that's what was impressive. Yeah. They did a good job of that. So good for them. Tim, I was thinking earlier, I was thinking about Milan Sinremo. I was thinking about Julian Alaphilippe winning and I was thinking about quick step in particular and how they had, um, Philip Gilbert, Alaphilippe, uh, Steve Barr. They had all these weapons to use and, uh, and how that's, you know, kind of the same case throughout the whole, you know, Strata Biag, it's going to be the same through Flanders and, and all the races through the whole spring. The, almost the entire year. Cause they'll do it at the tour too. Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I was just, I got to run something by you. Okay. I feel like I like the team. I feel like they're a good team. I'm comfortable with this team. I feel like I feel at home uh, with the way that they race, with mm-hmm. the riders they have. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried that maybe I'm a little too comfortable. Like I just like whoever is on Quick Step because they're on Quick Step. I I feel like I've I feel like they've become the sweatpants of cycling teams. Okay, like. <laughs> Like you know them and you love them, but maybe yeah. maybe you don't want them to be your favorite. Maybe you don't want to wear them outside. You know? Yeah. For obvious reasons. I'm not a I'm not a big sweatpant public guy. <laughs> yeah. So and then also when I see them at the airport, it really makes me mad. Quick step or sweatpants? Someone getting on the plane in sweatpants. And it's kinda of, that could be quick step. Yeah. <laughs> so you think quick step is the sweatpants? Yeah, like quick step is a team that you know you love, but you don't want to admit that you love. You know what I mean? Okay. Like we've reached that point where we can't really cheer for them. And that's, you know, mostly Lefebvre's fault, but um I kind of want I want somebody else to be the most important team. You know what I mean? Well, don't worry. Team Sky just got like, <laughs> apparently the evil most money in the mm-hmm. world. I mean, that didn't last long before it came out that their their new sponsor is basically been what was it? Like fined by the British yeah. environmental protection agency yeah. a record number of times. Yeah. And this is like, the team this is the team that's like racing for SeaWorld and to get plastic out of the <laughs> ocean. And now it's like they're gonna be sponsored by the company that makes the plastic. Yeah. Um kind of interesting there. So I think that you're safe that Quick Step isn't gonna be the most hated team. Well, and then that's just it. They're not hated, but uh it's tough to admit. It's tough to admit I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but they're the sweatpants of cycling. That much is, I do know. So you're going to go get some sweatpants on? I'm going to go put on some sweatpants. Right. I think I need to like ease into classic season. Now that we're past Milan Sanremo, we get a couple weeks to kind of relax and, and really gear up for uh, for the cobbled classics. Yeah. Well, they're coming. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it was a good week of racing. It was great to talk to you as always. Hope to be back next week with everyone once again. I'd like to thank all of our listeners and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. Thanks to Health IQ, healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save money on your life insurance. And once again, Grimper Brothers, head over to WideAnglePodium.com slash coffee to score two great blends 
of freshly ground coffee sent to you from our friends at Grimper Brothers. Yep. And with that, I am Tim in Orlando. And I am Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Pod.